0: I love New York. It's great. Um, That's right. Greatest dude. city of the world, I said, as I walked by the 17 piles of trash to get here. <laughs> um,
1: so, Rich, the government. Ooh. Yeah, it's a tough one,
2: right? Yes. I got something even better. The government of Boston. Oh, I know. What year is it? Is it 1865 or is it So we we
1: have someone who's with us today who we've known for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And friend of the firm. Friend of the firm, client. Worked in city government of Boston, which whew, boy, I can't even imagine, right? I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> ah, Great accents. Uh, wow. Yeah, wow. I got to I got to
2: ease into it.
1: Josh Gee just Howdy, guys. You are. Thank you We're so much for here. having me. First <laughs> it's, time,
0: long time.
2: It's First
1: incredibly time. weird to just have you on
0: because it feels like you've been on because we've known you for over 30,000 years at this point. <laughs> I've known you since before the pandemic. So that, that math does make sense. God, it yes. really does.
2: Yes. And we've been trying to get Josh on for about three years now.
0: Josh, what is your formal title at the MTA? Boy, so it may be changing any day now, but my formal title is the Director of Digital Customer Experience for New York City Transit, but really functionally that's been brought into the entire MTA. Okay. And the MTA involves Long Island Railroad, Metro North, mm-hmm. New York City subways and buses, yep. and the bridge and tunnels. That's worth
2: sharing for the non-New Yorkers listening. This is The MTA is the largest transit system in the world. This
0: hemisphere, yes. I think it might be slightly smaller than some of the ones in Asia. But um, uh, okay. but yeah, certainly so one of the largest here. One of the only of the 24 hour, if not the only 24 hour one. one of, yes. Definitely one of the oldest. One, one of the oldest. The oldest. It, it's either that or Boston, which would be the oldest.
2: Yeah. Full disclosure, the MTA has been and continues to be a client of Postlights. It, yeah. it turns
0: out if you email yeah. hello at postlight.com, Paul Ford will just respond. Yeah, no one so. <laughs> yes. ever believes it. So Josh, what do you do at the MTA? Like you build apps. What do you do? Um, so I run a small team at the MTA that is relatively new. I actually pitched for it and built it up myself over the past three years. But we run most of our customer-facing apps. So the big ones, our website, my MTA, the iOS app, which we inherited from an outside firm, as well as a lot of the, digital, the real-time stuff you'll see on digital screens across the MTA and a communications platform, Mercury, which was Woo! built with our friends at Postlight.
2: You know, a lot of what we talk about and write about at PostLite
0: is navigating
2: people. The challenge isn't technical most of the time. I mean, it often is if you're trying to like There's always mine a, there, crypto. There's but. a technical challenge, but it's not
1: science. It's just putting good pieces together with good craft. And then people get
0: involved. One thing you guys talk about and are great about is so much of what we build are tools for people to do work. Mm-hmm. And we can lose sight of that in building the best tool possible when, you know, this is, then you hand it off to someone who has to, use it every day. And this is, I mean, you say this all the time, Rich, this is their life. You know, you, you see a new piece of technology and that's the next 10 years of their life, what they're going to be doing. They've and, invested and, a and, ton.
1: No, at some level, the tech industry is in the business of ruining lives. Like it just is. That's and then, the wrong way to market. Post-like. No, And then, <laughs> then post like comes in and we're in the business of healing.
0: Oh, you know, we're healing. Yeah, okay. There we've got the very, next ta- the tagline uh, for- nurturing. And I, for- I think, I think this is really unique to government too. I mean, not unique, but Government's just a little bit behind the rest of industry, I think, in a lot of these conversations. Because I, I, I talk a to a lot a little of people. Tiny <laughs> just a tiny Less than we think, I think. Josh, I talk- you've been inside. Yeah.
2: You've been in Boston City Hall.
0: Yep. God. You've been
2: at the New York Mass Transit yep. and the MTA, which yep. is the transit system for New York City. Let me ask you a question from the perspective of an outsider. Yep. Okay. I just needed to look up the county registry for my deed. And it felt like I went back in time 20 years. Yep. And using the web from 20 years ago. Yep. And then I'm using an app to order bananas, and it was just the slickest, most modern, three taps, bananas showed up. Why is government so
0: drastically behind? (laughs) I can tell you why you had that bad experience, I think. I will challenge a bit because I think there's some really great things happening at many levels of government to really improve digital services in a bunch of places. That tends to be what it's called. But three main things, right? One is I think people often think of government – you just said it, right? I I went to the government to get my thing. There's about 17 levels of government where we're standing right now, right? Mm -hmm. And if you think – those don't work together super well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it may be that the federal government's working too hard to improve the digital experience. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Whatever Kings County – Site you had to go to, right? They may not be right, mm-hmm. and that so no, those many has, layers, many layers, they don't always work together, and 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 you know that's very hard to, to great make a great digital experience around, right? Even if you have the best yeah. team in the world, you can't control another company, right? right? And. No, that's true. Think about how
1: much money Google spends so that all of its code works with all of its together. Code. Or Amazon, they spend tens, yeah. hundreds of billions and, of and, dollars. And, 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 sure. and, I'm and still Amazon's t- still kind of a mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that is true. Once you go, think about AWS, right? AWS is as good as it gets, and it still makes no sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I put a bunch of stuff in Glacier storage the other day, and oh, you're I, never going to see I'm, that. Again. I d- yeah, yeah. No. I, yeah and I, no. I don't know what I did. I had to no. make a new account. Never no, going to see it. Never going to see it again. Is
2: say I'm generalizing that there's some county search. No, but I mean that's one reason in i don't know virginia or somewhere where they actually put the budget in and they did it right and they had some good talented people who made it decent but let's face it most dmv websites or deed search experiences well that's the
1: thing the dmvs get better and better it's when you get to the slightly the ones with hundreds of thousands of regular users they're still pretty bureaucratic but they, they kind of have gotten okay yeah but then you get into the like yep. that county board where they never are going to get that $600,000. They're never
2: going to get it. But I'll tell you there's one motivator, and I want to get back to your yep. other two points. So your first point is it's distributed and dispersed. There's no unified way of solving things. There's many pieces yep. that make up I mean, government, it, quote unquote. Even a
0: really exciting thing that the MTA just did, you couldn't report an issue in 311 in the New York City subway system until about two weeks ago. You had to input an address because they didn't have non-address entities, uh, and so if you were trying uh, to report an issue, uh, a, and this is this is huge. An around, issue, as in like there maybe there's some there's one of our neighbors who needs a little extra help in the subway uh, system. This makes sense.
1: I have two bicycles chained outside of my house on a corner, and I tried to get them removed. It's two addresses for one building. I put in the one with the wrong facing. Yeah. Yep and they came by and they're like not a problem don't see it Yeah, yep.
0: these are these are two massive entities right the MTA yeah. in New York City and New York City 311 is is tremendous it's a so great it's hard don't forget 311 fans out to like 60 other services
2: sanitation and yep. to and clarify for people who are wondering what 311 is it is the like general service short number you literally can you dial
1: 311 but there's also the 311
2: app the website and you can download all the data it's kind of right. fascinating yeah. like oh super yeah. like it's all the
1: noise complaints are in there
2: i, I do want to highlight one exception. There are cameras all over the city that if you blow a red light, they take a picture of your back of your head <laughs> and they send a picture of the license plate and they're like, 50 bucks, Rich. Oh yeah, anything revenue driving gets
1: tremendous.
2: It's and I really gotta good. tell you, paying that $50 ticket was one of the smoothest experiences ever Oh, yeah, you right from an app. To. They're so good. When capitalism seeps in, in this malformed uh-huh. oh, state, energy, it gets revenue, very efficient. Yeah. Revenue aligns everybody, doesn't Re- it? Revenue creates
1: tremendous efficiency in the city government. Yes. And then yep. they can use that money to overbuild some the <laughs>
2: Right like to the, blow through the, another no, budget. Can you imagine the P- yeah.
1: the traffic patrols PTO system probably costs thirty two million dollars. Of course, like just,
2: yeah, you know, and yeah. you can put in up to twenty five micro holidays. Like you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just so good. Um, okay, so first is distributed integrating is hard connecting, yeah, and that's
0: something these people is, expect, and it's just it's much harder to do there. It's <laughs> harder to do. What's another? You said there were yeah. Three. I, there's three. I mean, there's a million reasons, and then each government is is interesting and, and a little yeah. dysfunctional. In its own way, yeah, but you know, I think legacy is a really big one as well. I mean, and this is something these governments. I mean, the MTA has been around a hundred years. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of my mm-hmm. day people saying these countdown clocks are wrong. These, this, this, you know, something's up up over here. Where are the trains? And it's, I mean, this this data is coming out of systems that are hundred years old. These are old systems. And like, so like, this isn't like- like, When you
2: say a hundred years old, you're not just speaking. Yeah. I
0: mean, the MTA is unique in like, there are pieces that are literally a hundred years old. We've got a machine. Switches. Yeah. the switches, signals that, I mean, the data that you see on your app comes from somewhere and it comes from these platforms. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can call them platforms and, you know, we're working a lot to try to upgrade those signals to improve that. A lot of, you know, it's not the reason, you know, it will improve performance, but it'll improve the- data that our customers see, but it's a real reason. And then EMT is not unique in that, right? A lot of governments had some of the very first digital systems because Mm -hmm. they really, government's just an entity that collects and organizes information more Mm -hmm. than anything else. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they had the first version of the system, but they didn't necessarily have the need to modernize. They didn't necessarily have a competitor coming around the border that said, if we don't modernize our COBOL database, you know, we're going to go out of business. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, you have difficult situations where that, you know, it's much harder to upgrade a system. 60 years later than yeah. it would be five years later. Yeah, right.
2: You know what What tends to unlock that is unforeseen events, like a horrible switch accident that smashes two trains together. That's the saying we, we oh, say it all the time. The, the, the traffic light gets put up after well, the a accident lot of attention, the intersection. A
1: lot of attention came to unemployment systems, yeah. Uh, in the pandemic, yeah. because they just crashed. Yeah, I mean, the
2: horrible accident in, in Miami. Now everybody is like revisiting the inspection process for mm-hmm. condos. And, and the truth is, how do you get? I mean, this is one of the classic blind spots of technology is that nobody is writing the memo saying, I just want to take a minute here and just thank Stan and his team for nothing happening
0: <laughs> over the over last less. two years
2: yeah. because of the quality signaling oh, systems. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Nobody's writing then, that yeah. memo. And that was that was a great thing. You know, we, I had a previous boss at Transit who used to say, you know, if we do our job perfectly, no one will ever notice. Right. And it will be, you know, right. the best thing we can do is not – have you not pay attention to yep. us. And I think that's true of government, but that's makes yep. it hard. It makes it hard to – you know, I, I think there's real opportunities to change and affect the world in a way there's not in the private sector. But like, it makes it makes it hard to not be like, if I do things well, perfectly, it's all just easy.
2: Legacy is not is not exclusive to the world of government. It's true. And it's non-profit. true. Profit. I mean, there are plenty of companies that modernize and address their legacy
0: debt, yep. so to speak. Why can't government do it? It's a great question, and I think it actually really tees up three, which is if you talk to anyone who works in government tech for long enough either long enough or like two drinks in they will start talking about procurement. Oh,
2: oh okay. there it is. There take, it is. Take a minute.
0: <laughs> Pro, word. Bro, procure, procure, man. man. Okay. Man. There's a lot of listeners in yep, a lot yep. of different corners of the world. What is procurement? Absolutely. So, I mean, procurement is just the act of buying things, right? Procurement is equipment Software as a service, mm-hmm. professional mm-hmm. services, spending, like place, spending money, spending tax money, yeah, and or sh- other sources of revenue, and money. it should be more careful than the private sector. Okay, you know, obviously, there's there's the standard sort of ideas of you know this taxpayer money. We want to be good stewards of it. If sure. Failure, innovative, failure-prone, pro- risky projects are not always yep. rewarded in the same way. But yep. a big part of this is laws. You know, a lot of the laws about procuring stuff. I mean, the laws governing. How you spend government money. money. The laws I would use to hire Postlight are the same laws that were written back in the 20s about how you build a school. And especially in a world where technology is at its best is iterative, starting slow. You know, you can't really do that with subway tunnels. Let's Mm. be mindful, too. These laws are constructed because
1: the level of outright criminality was so extreme. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. My my wife works in construction, and it's like – Expeditors are a whole new class of human being than yep. they used to be 30 years ago. Yeah, because it was you could just bribe your
0: way to get anything. They were gatekeepers. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and now it's like this very formal role, and everybody kind of you have to work with. They're the kind expert. of and just, still just, around. By oh, the they're way.
0: very much still around. Just to, for oh, me, totally users. I mean, you yeah.
2: need a building permit, workers permit for like renovating your building, like what I love kitchen is, or no, whatever. No, now it's like a it's
1: like a formal process. It's someone who's very professional. But what I love is the concept of the expediter is basically like. You're not going to be able to get it done without a professional because we've made it so complicated and terrible. I mean, and the way that the city has solved that is like, oh, well, that used to be really criminal, but now we've professionalized it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just... Right. You don't know how to fill out the application, so you need this person. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But, and we've had lots of people like, if you want to work with this part of the government, you're going to yeah. need to pay this person $30,000. Yeah.
0: There, you can make a career helping people fill out forms. Just, you mentioned expediters. When I left the city of Boston, you know, my, my main project at Boston was digitizing forms, I was moving paper forms online, which was a whole thing. But I left, and one of my friends who was like, you know, I worked in politics for a long time, and he was like a political He's like, so, I mean, you're totally set up. You're going to be an expediter now, right? I mean, you know everything back and uh. forth. And I just – the look I gave him, the color drained uh. from my face. No, because you yeah. taught
1: the computer to
0: expedite, right? Well, like I think the ideal is like I wanted to be a foe to expediters, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think it should be something where we – you don't necessarily – have to know who to call or how to do it. Right. And that's where that sort of building cohesive experiences. But
1: yeah, I mean, to bring it back, right. Like I derailed on expeditions, but like that is how we've created this infrastructure around procurement, where it is like you're you're basically working against
0: like an anti-corruption stack that's like 20 levels deep. And it's also legal debt in the same way we'd accrue technical debt. Right. Some of these contracts you go to it never seems like a bad idea to add an addendum that says you have to certify that you have no discrimination at your company, or you have to certify that you're not endorsing slavery in any way. And this has been 30 years, yeah. but that means that that contract is dozens of those. Right. And, and and especially with technology companies. Well, once,
1: once you get one into like other people show up and they're like, well, if we're doing that, we need to do this. And they're, it's all for the moral good, but right. then you end up with a twenty-page form where you could have had
0: a one-page form. Exactly, and especially in the world of technology where we're going, I just had a challenging conversation about this today. Where you know the, we're going to a world of SaaS products that are really you know that oh, where you big organizations pre SaaS is a is that's not just
1: government. That is a world large org disaster. What am I buying? What am I buying?
2: That wave is real. It's that real. Change is real, right? I mean, that is. It's I, hard to justify compared to like, I need to buy 500 pencils.
0: Well, it's also hard to justify because yes. a lot of those companies don't. For a lot of companies and organizations, yeah, They're yes. not expecting that deal back and forth, right? I've seen, you see companies get, I've, I've seen it over, I've only been in the- <gasps> Oh yeah, like the two-person tech company? Yeah, where they're like, oh, you just click yes on our terms of service and we're and put down a credit card. And okay. it's like- You don't know how many meetings you've just described to me for me to click yes on terms of service. No, you
1: know, we have an open source product called Mercury that makes it easier to read web pages. It's Hmm. been around inside of site for years and years. And I would say every couple of weeks we get a school system asking around our privacy policy. We have boilerplate for it, but they kind of can't believe you, right?
2: Like they just professionally can't believe you. Well, they don't want to be the ones who pick that tool only to have it be something that could ruin them and ruin their jobs like they, they don't want to be that person they need that email trail they, they just need you to say yeah we're storing nothing this is like actually an open source tool that has no personal data whatsoever good luck and then they have that they print it they put it in a yellow folder and they put it away just to yeah. you know just to protect themselves and the organization they're trying to protect as well
1: so josh okay Procurement process, a lot of bureaucracy, gotta yep. ask a lot of permission, a lot of
0: forms, a lot of a lot of legal stuff. What would a good procurement process look like? That is a great question. And I think I used to work with a procurement person who, who said something. She's like, I can't design a process so perfect it takes out the expertise required. Yeah. So I mean, I think a good procurement process would be some basic checks, you know, let an expert coming to you saying, I need a thing. And, you know, okay, making sure you're following that it's not – the thing is not concrete made by your cousin's company or some some, yep. some sort of basic checks and then generally making it a lot easier. I think, I think there's a couple of things you can do. I'm not as familiar with some of the New York things. I could probably make a lot of granular just things. But basically it's something that lets it work a little bit more like the private sector maybe with – I tend to think flexibility but with a lot of transparency on top might be the way to go, right, where it's very easy to find out everything that's been done – but it's also pretty relatively easy to be involved because all that overhead makes it hard. You can't get those two-person companies, right? You can't. That you actually can. precludes a certain class of, of – I mean, Postlight struggled a bit at the beginning
1: because it's, you just hadn't done it not, before. There's a lot of work that we don't bid on, and we've been involved in conversations, and it, it kind of hits a natural stopping point. The archetypal story for us is at one point we were talking to a very intense part of the United States government. And they said, maybe we could do it for like 20 grand on the credit card or we could pay the Navy two million dollars. Yeah.
0: And they went with the Navy. And that happens. I, I've had those conversations a lot of times where it's, it's, you have to push really hard to do either of those things. Right? It just
1: right? Well, the, and the really big entrenched players who can just sort of be there and yep. already have the agreements in place and
0: yeah. are, have an unbelievable advantage, which they love. And that's even more so at local governments. I mean, you, you go to these big government, go bigger governments, and you might have some more people who are interested in changing it up. But I think in smaller governments, I, you know, that is changing a lot, which is great. It's starting to trickle down to lower governments are starting to care about technology a lot more. But, you know, there are thousands of municipal governments and, you know, the county government in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, they're, they're looking for one mega vendor. They're not looking, you know, the way we build technology these days is we pull a little bit off the shelf over here. I'm going to mm-hmm. pull off hosting over here, monitoring from this, this from this. Like, if you're a procurement, agency you're like can't we just go to one vendor who gives us the whole thing and like there's a logic like like all truly dysfunctional things there's a very logical point on I both mean, sides I mean, right there are,
2: there are mega vendors that capitalize on exactly this need yeah. they are that they are the well, and they would phone tell number of choice for anything they're meeting market demand is what they would tell yeah. you like they're also simplifying and verticalizing yeah. the offering yeah. this is the thing i think worth saying out loud a lot of buyers a lot of people who are on the buying side of the procurement process don't distinguish complex software architecture from customer service. Like, I need to buy both of those things. And ideally, I'll buy them from the same place. It'd be nice to get the call center on the other side. I I don't want to have another process for
0: the call center. I just want to fold it all in. Yeah. The process, I mean, you know, procurement processes for big pieces of software are six months to a year long, and they become these, like, Couple things happen when that happens, right? One, it's just, it's so hard to do exactly what you're saying, Rich. Like, I'm not going to do two of these. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But more than that, something's moving. There's budget behind something, there's this. Yeah. So, every single thing that we are thinking about that is remotely related to this, let's just mm. wedge that in so, too. So, it gets an infinitely more. Draw me the
2: dotted line here. I mean, legacy, I get, you're wrangling with this thing that's 100 years old. It's these old hardware switches distributed islands of bureaucracies that are trying to connect with each other. There's many layers of government I get. But procurement, just saying the word procurement, you're implying something, which is this horrible process. You can't innovate. I mean, I get the motivations behind it, which is let's have checks and balances for corruption and all the bad things that can happen when money exchanges hands, But the downside of that is you can't move quickly. You can't innovate. You can't do things. I mean, the truth is unforeseen external events align organizations and people very, very quickly. We have a client that's a large financial institution that was waffling about Zoom for years. Like they just wouldn't let them use it because of security concerns and this and that. They had their own proprietary tools and chat clients and this and that. Pandemic hits, everybody goes home. They they like signed off on Zoom in like two weeks. And that, and
0: that can happen for sure. And I think- But can it happen? I, they,
2: you need a particular kind of
1: leader maybe at the state level. I
0: think this is the other bit.
2: Unforeseen external event aligns people, but also power just pushing through, like
0: get this signed. I want this on my desk by next week I mean, I mean, I think, aligns people. I think what you see there, that aligns people. But I think what you see there is that like the government's never going to go out of business. I, I is that part of the problem? A little bit, and, and, but, but in a way that you wouldn't expect. Because I think what happens is I, I have sometimes described – so you, know, you can literally walk around some of our subway stations. And we're doing a lot right now to, to, to sort of unify this and, and clean things up. But, like, you can see pilot programs by previous ambitious executives. I remember vividly mm-hmm. that then they pushed out a pilot. They got it done. And then they left. And now everyone's standing around going, do we keep this thing? What do we do? Give me an example. I have a great example from my own background. I was working on forms and I was going to the City of Boston Assessing Department working with them. Now that is incredibly it, it must have been wild. hard. Was, wow. There were some there was some real animals down there, real party people. Savage. Yeah. But like honestly, it was it's one of our most popular parts of the city because it's how much your house costs. It's how much is your house. Oh. Where do your tax, how much are you going to get taxed this yep, year? Is yep, your house yep. going up? Is it going down? Yep. And a lot of big things. I need mean, my house reassessed. Affects, this is, you know, property taxes. Exactly. Huge, yeah. huge deal. Realtors putting, you know, yep. and, and so I had, and I was trying to figure out, you know, I'm trying to digitize. They've got about 14 forms. One of them was an amazing one. It was like, three pages of carbon paper with parts you filled out. It was, it was wonderful. <laughs> and I came to realize that like, you know, actually this is really a, an application that needs to be built. They've got three or four different applications mm-hmm. and then a bunch of different. And so I had an exercise. I sat everyone around a room and I said, I'm going to like, let's start with process at a time. And I put in a piece of paper and I had them go through, okay, you hand it to him. And what do you do with it? You hand it to her. And I went through it and then a woman comes up to me afterwards. And is like, that was great. That was really fun. But like, you know, what are you going to do with that? I'm, like, well, I'm going to put together a chart. She's like, hold on one second. She went back to her desk and she pulled out a piece of paper oh, and unfolded no, it. She had and it was it. a professionally produced, I didn't know the name of the consulting firm. I'm sure they don't exist anymore. Oh. That was exactly that. Pro- I don't even know what all the boxes mean that you learn in like business school, but this had it done perfectly. Uh-huh. And she's like, here, would this be helpful? Yeah. So, and that was, I just went back to my desk. I was like, well, I'm just going to give up on that for now. <laughs> Cause, cause like, someone comes in and tries, but if you don't, I mean, it really is going to take, this is a generational work. And I think this is one of the reasons I think it doesn't really change until you get talent in. And I think there's amazing opportunities and there's some great it's stuff. It's fair
2: to say that you're better off going outside. Like one of the reasons people hire postlight is because, look, I found a loophole to get around the political machine to get things done.
0: I think it's a question of how long does this thing need to work? You know, I mean, even a post light, you know, this, we we need this software to work for, for if it's, if it's operationally critical, I cannot
1: guarantee to you the post light will exist for 20 years. I could guarantee that the state of New York will exist for 20 years. Right. That doesn't mean you don't do anything. Well now rich, hold on a minute. Maybe it does. We need to consider (laughs) all the possibilities. (laughs) Like doing
2: nothing is a possibility. We should
1: consider it. We're going to have a meeting to talk about doing
0: nothing. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Signed off. I got approval. I've been in those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I,
0: think, I think I have one of those for tomorrow morning first Yeah. Thing. yeah. Um I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think the real answer comes through, and you're seeing this happen, is, is that, you know, government is now just starting to understand that the digital realm is an area that matters a lot to its residents. And, and I think you're seeing, it's interesting in the face of all of these intense regulations, it's going pretty dramatically in the opposite direction. So you have a lot of organizations like 18F use digital service at the senior yeah. level, but you see- Boston, where I worked, was one of the first municipal agencies. It doesn't—it doesn't take a lot of people to build basic apps and support a website, right? Right. right. Team Which of, is very confusing. to government, exactly. Right. You can't believe of, that the team.
1: Well, I mean, no, they've been sold the 150-person team. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, you, you can come in and sell a huge team, but it, it's harder to say. You know, if you just let me hire, and hire seven or eight people, how their how heads I, explode. Their heads explode, and you're like, I, well, got- I can get a ton done
2: with eight
1: people." But see, the problem is, the minute it succeeds and starts to get noticed you have a bureaucracy that shows up. You, I, that is true. I so, can... so skunk works is great. And then you find a fixer who's like, I'll get you the data. I'll get you the relationships. We'll figure that out. We'll talk to them. You got about 16 months. Yeah. After 16 months, you're going to ship something that works and they're going to write about you in the paper. At which point it's all over because it's like, well, I don't know. Where is that budget going to live? I don't yeah. know. oh, you yeah. Know.
0: But some yeah. governments are realizing this is a, a thing. This is the concept is is digital services more broadly is is kind of what the, the jargon that's used in the, in yeah. that civic tech world. But it's this idea that it's a team that is focused on the customer's experience first. I mean, everyone in government is not necessarily focused mm. on. They're focused on their tiny slice of the pie, right? Like they're mm. focused on just that deed that you got. They're mm-hmm. not focused on the deed you got, the parking ticket. You, you know, someone else is focused on the parking ticket you paid. Someone else yeah. is focused on yeah. you, you know, well, getting a, a birth lot certificate. Well, government just truly
1: is only incidentally world-facing. Like, a lot of yeah. the work is that we have to get this in front of the judge, right? But then there'll be other parts that do talk to the public, like paying a ticket. And so, like, you, know, you think about what the police department has to do. It's got to get, things have to go to the judge. They have to go, you know, you have to file the paperwork over here. You've got this kind of system. You want to be able to search past records. And then there's all these other community facing things. Mm -hmm. There is no one
0: product team for all of that. No. And, but some places are trying to unify. I mean, that's what, that was what, and it it requires serious endorsement from up high, right? I mean, that was Mm -hmm. back in Boston. I mean, you, you just had my old boss on Lauren Lockwood, who Mm -hmm. was tremendously brilliant, Mm -hmm. but you know, she was successful partly because the CIO and even the mayor, Mayor Marty Walsh, who's not by any account, a particularly technical guy.
1: Right, he comes across as extremely technical. Empowered. Empowered. He
0: said, I know this is important. I'm going to hire someone really smart who believes in this. And Mm. then the CIO who's had a million CIO things to do, email, and we all got on G Suite and all that. But like, he was also like, this is a critical success metric that's for me. That's all you need, right? Like, you don't need
2: them to actually know. They just need to know it's important yeah. and they clear the way for you, right? Exactly. And yeah. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm shocked to find out that Marty Walsh is not like a Python programmer. Just what? A, he, what has a the sh-
0: first ever, he has the first ever commit on the city of Boston's open source repo. Is that real? That is a real fact. That that's, was the press conference. Oh, you how, just impressed how, the shit out of Paul, right? No,
1: now. because I know
2: someone hit return. Have you?
1: There is no. What, what's he running no, now? No, that's Department a wonderful Labor? little
2: piece of
0: culture. <laughs> he is, yes, he is. He was yeah, a wonderful is, human yeah, being.
1: Yeah, I. But no one who runs the Department of Labor is good at computers. Yeah, he was not a particular programmer,
0: but it was. But also, like that showed that he cared, right? That was no, more no, no, than no, no, just no, no. like we. That's did. all you need. That's like, like a that's great. That's all you need. You that, see that great advocacy. political move. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: him hitting return is actually what you needed.
0: Yeah, and then we. Yeah. And that's I think one of the things that's interesting, and like that's one way to get around all these procurement laws. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole open source movement out there. And that's, I mean, City of Boston went, all the software they make is public domain. Yeah, I'm sort of hopeful that over time, I mean, you only need so many ways to order a death certificate and every municipality has to offer that service. So I could go to a post light and stand that up or a smaller team that's using the open source tools yeah. Can start to build more yeah. of that. Could
1: government? Could we just have death certificate as a service provided by? That's really
2: depressing.
0: Yeah, but it's it a massive. It's an important thing that government does. Of course. So where did
1: our death certificates? What are they? Are they county level, city, city level? level, usually? Okay. So yes, city, I think some level. county in some places. Okay. So there's fifty thousand death certificate providers in the United States. Correct.
0: Okay, or some number. Why don't we have? Deathcertificates.gov. It's a good question. And I think that's something we're starting to see. You see this a lot, actually, in the UK, which is ahead of us. They really got on board with digital services Well, they have a first. different
1: federal-state split, right? Like, we, the federal government doesn't really, like, provide services all the way down that way. But I think they're starting to a
0: little bit more. Okay, I've seen a few projects, I think, in the USDS or 18F world where they're building infrastructure. Because a lot of what they can do is, you know... If you can point – if I, at a local person, can point to the feds doing something, that tends to win a lot of conversations because it's like, well, if yeah, the DOD is. is using open yeah. source software, clearly this is doable, okay. right? You, you, yeah. You're more complicated than the Pentagon. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think long term that may start to happen. Part of that is, I mean, a lot of that comes down to the legacy, even not even in the software way, but just like to do death certificates well. I mean, the real heroes I – mean, that was one of the things I launched at Boston was, was a death certificates order reform mm-hmm. program. The real hero there was for three years, there were just two staffers in the clerk's office typing it into a database because it's bound, you know, a hundred years of Boston death certificates were all in books. Yeah, And so, I mean, I think there's a lot of area where that back end, I mean, a lot of what we're dealing with is data at its core, especially at the municipal level, that's not particularly well organized. I mean, you were talking about it before. There's like three different address systems for the city of New York. Right, You're trying right, to standardize right. across that. There's a lot of real challenges. Subway stations have multiple numbers and IDs in our systems. So no, thing. of course. So you could have deathcertificate.gov
1: and it could be federal and everybody yeah. could sign up and use it. But now I need to enter all the death certificates into that system. Yeah, or
0: find a way to connect to them. There are some, I think there's some statewide ones. There was a national provider, a statewide provider that was a private sector one in in Massachusetts, but they charged like 75 bucks a pop and the city charged 10
1: I think there's always a fantasy of like a turnkey, one yep. size fit. But see, we, our industry will run to meet Amazon Web Services on its terms to use these sort of big centralized services because it's so much cheaper and so much easier. And we're usually not dealing with tons and tons of legacy data. I think there's
2: another motivator here, which is not just making money, but surviving to make money, right? Like right. governments don't go out of business, right? And and the truth is for- I mean, they do,
1: it's just rare.
2: Well, it's not, it's not just rare. There are mechanisms because there is a common understanding around the collective need around government. Right. Whereas when you concentrate motivation to five people versus thousands, things move. I, I want to
0: say something slightly controversial. Cool. I'll say something. I've got a good controversial thing lined up for after that.
2: You could probably lop off 40% of government employees with technology. I wouldn't say that's controversial. That's not controversial. I, I think everybody's kind of, right? yeah. Some of the well, inertia re, maybe you're Maybe not lop against, off,
1: but reassign them no, to
2: climate-related projects. Or whatever. That's right. That's no, right. Well, I mean, here, look, a lot this, of jobs got eliminated because of technology in the commercial world, right? It happens all the time. We had put in place many years ago the ability to apply, to have insurance agents fill out online forms. This is like early web. And the call center where the agents would call the insurance company with the info about the the homeowner's insurance, there were like 60 people in that office I was in. Yeah. And we just put this web form up, and all of a sudden you had 60 people who were getting no more phone calls. It's a rough one. Well,
1: wait, Josh, you know,
2: which
0: 40% would you fire? Me first, probably. (laughs) Um, But I think it's really, I've thought a lot about with the digital, What just I mean, one thing that government has that the private sector does not have is a real... Both moral, legal imperative to serve everyone. Right, and it's everyone. Yeah. I mean, you've ridden the subway. It's every yeah. kind of person with every kind, and like there yeah, are neighbors, you, there are fellow residents, and and
1: special needs, disability. I mean, yeah, one of the great struggles with the subway is is, is yeah, more and, and, you know,
0: we're we're got a lot of money to go there, but we're making great progress, and and that's true for. I mean, I think one of the great things about digitizing services is it can make it easier. People like us, frankly, people listening to this podcast, probably. It's easy for us to take a morning off, go to City Hall, get something, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's easy. Yeah. You know, with digitizing services, it's not for, I mean, it, it's for us. It takes us out of the line, first of all, right? Uh-huh. So that all of a sudden, the people who are there yeah. can spend time really giving the one-on-one service that a lot yeah. of the people need, sure. whether that's language, whether mm-hmm. that's, and then also digitizing services is for, you know, I think about the mom of two who's on her break at Dunkin' Donuts. And she can pay her parking ticket on her phone in 10 minutes. I think that's something people are starting to realize a bit more that there's a real thing there. But I also think that's one reason that, you know, almost in a sense, the slowness, and this this is a controversial, equally controversial stage that maybe the slowness is good. You know, we're in a world of move like, you know, it's cliche to to slag off, you know, moving fast and breaking things, but mm-hmm. like we really don't want that with government, right? Because there is like that is gonna be a big deal. If, I mean, we if could, there's a we data could breach add a sequel to this
2: podcast. That, like I think well, there this... are I think you're making a valid point, but I don't know if that point blanket covers. I wouldn't just call it inefficiency. I would call it defensibility. I think a lot of the resistance you see around change is people defending a status quo sure. that really isn't needed in but a lot of cases I mean, and I don't I think you can find those efficiencies. And not compromise a lot of the, the yeah, needs but that's that true.
1: I mean, that's
0: about. true everywhere. I mean, that's just it's, – and it's a yeah. process that's going to take a long time. Well, and, and yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there
1: is also an element, too, where the tech industry tends to be like, government should work like GitHub. And everybody's like, oh, yeah. yeah and then, yeah. you know, yeah, oh, my gosh. Right. And then nothing happens. Right? So, I mean, I like the idea of serving all constituents because all constituents should be served by their government the velocity at which you serve them. And when you say that, I'm like, okay, then the platforms that get built should be able to quickly serve them as well. Yep. Even if someone's at a terminal helping them, doesn't there's still better ways to serve we, all of yes, those people. That's right. right. So I, I agree with you yeah. on not losing sight of that. I mission, agree with that.
2: I but, want to close this with a question. All right. I feel like there's a lot of mixed signals in this broadcast so yeah. far. Somebody who wants to, who's technically minded product designer, yep. a product manager, what would you tell that person who's thinking about working in government?
0: Would you encourage or discourage? I would absolutely encourage them to. I okay. think it's a tremendous place to get experience. Mm-hmm. It's a tre- tremendous place to be able to build something that will be used by people all day long. I mean, I think, and it's I think very it, satisfying, right? It's not and, a matter and, and, of like, and frankly, like, you know, if you're a talented product manager, designer, engineer, like, and you're thinking about, I'm going to go to Facebook or, or yeah. Google, like, yeah. I mean, do you want to go sell sugared water all day or do you want to come save the world? Like this is where you can really do something and help some people.
1: That's what Steve Jobs said to John Scully. And then later, John Scully had to go away. But anyway, yes.
0: <laughs> like, it is, I think there was this, ma- this ethos that I can go work at, in Silicon Valley. And like, yeah. this is really yeah. getting into the meat of the problems that people, like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's easy to say government should work like GitHub and yeah. then go do nothing, right. right? You can affect change in meaningful ways. Yeah, Th- these problems Truly won't be solved by complaining about them. Work, yeah. Uh,
2: I would add one more thing, actually. It is the ultimate training ground on how to navigate people. Yes, if without you a doubt. can navigate humans well, you inside actually, of government. You also get
1: direct experience and access to politicians. Their job is they, not to do. They are do people n- nodes. They're yeah, not yeah. to do
0: anything. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So I, I would say that as well. And and some of the organizations, I mean, there is talent that is unbelievably good. You know, I think the local governments you know, the, please reach out to me if you're interested in, in doing this, if you're listening to this podcast, but, you know, organizations like 18F, USDF, USDS, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Country of Canada, just committed to have every service they offer their residents digital by the end of next year or something. It's three services, but fine Yeah. <laughs> They're large. For Toronto, yeah. t- but like we'll work with some of the most talented folks.
2: Who have committed
0: to that mission that yeah, you mission, And yeah. I think there's a lot of, there's there's an increased culture of trying to be able to do it you know, you don't have to be there for life, right? Yeah. I know very talented people who've gone in and right. worked for a couple of That's years. A good point. And they it, go to some great, great a, places. You yeah. do
1: a tour of duty. If people want to get in touch with you, what do they do?
0: Yeah, you can email me at uh, joshua.gee at nyct.com. .gee, dot G-E-E. .Gee. You know, you Look the yep. podcast notes. Yep. will include the email. That's
1: podcast. great. Fantastic. Thank you for coming on this program. This yeah. was great. Thank you guys for having Fun me. Discussion. Thank you very much for riding with us.
2: Well, Rich, you know, I... I'm very proud of the work oh, we've so done. It's a
1: signature project for the firm.
2: And and also, it's just I'm pro commercial businesses and getting their money as an agency, but it's I'm very proud of A, as a New York City-founded firm... And connected to one of the most big, sprawling organi- you know, government organizations. You know what, and you know what the world really needs? Cool it yeah. needs a little bit of both. It needs a little bit of both. That's right. right. Yeah. Don't, you read that song, I'm a little bit country, you're a little bit rock and roll? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, do you know that song? Yeah. I don't I want think to bring that like in. that's like Donnie and Marie. That's not. We don't need that song. Okay. We don't need that song. Also, we can't afford the licensing. We can't. Hello uh, at postlight.com. It's, it's reach out. You can actually read the MTA case study at postlight. Yeah. And if you're a transit system, we'd love to talk to you. Yes. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.